Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast, where we take time to go through the liturgy, through confession, through prayers, through the meditation on scripture. And our hope is that during this time, you'll be drawn into a deeper place with Christ, that you'll open the whole of yourself up to the beauty, to the healing, to the grace and the peace that God is among us. With me again is Taryn and Dulcie and Seth. Hello. Hello. Good morning. And we are actually starting Holy Week with this podcast this Sunday. This is Palm Sunday, which is just crazy, crazy. to even think about. Uh, but uh, given our current situation, but we will do our best to hold these services together throughout the week. So let's begin. Bloom, let's confess our sin together. God shows us his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sin in penitence and faith. In the wilderness, we find your grace. You love us with an everlasting love. Lord, have mercy. There is none but you to uphold our cause. Our sin cries out and our guilt is great. Christ, have mercy. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Restore us and we shall know your joy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Throughout all the ages, 
bit of lamp for our Please join me for the prayers. For forgiveness for the many times we have denied Jesus, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. For grace to seek out those habits of sin which mean spiritual death, and by prayer and self-discipline to overcome them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. For Christian people, that through the suffering of disunity, there may grow a rich union in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who make laws, interpret them, and administer them, that our common life may be ordered in justice and mercy, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have the courage and honesty to work openly for justice and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in the darkness and agony of isolation, that they may find support and encouragement, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. For those who, weighed down with hardship, failure, or sorrow, feel that God is far from them, 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have have mercy. For those who are tempted to give up the way of the cross, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we, with those who have died in faith, may find mercy in the day of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Bloom, let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. True and humble King, hailed by the crowd as Messiah, grant us the faith to know you and love you, that we may be found beside you on the way of the cross, which is the path of glory. Amen. Hear the Gospel of the Lord according to Matthew. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heavens. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. So Dave, you have been thinking about this passage this week. Um, And obviously this is probably the weirdest Palm Sunday we'll ever experience. (laughs) So uh, how are you thinking about this passage Um, just in light of everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah, to tell you to tell you the truth, I've I've uh, hated this hmm. because um, I know that we're all kind of embracing that new normal that we have with this whole situation that the, that our world is in, um, but it's still hard, mm-hmm. and there's still reports on the news of of people dying. We're still being told that we're not even hit the peak yet. And I know there's, at least I hear, of isolation and purposelessness and all sorts of things that people are holding on top of the fear for themselves and others. And um, it's just a really weird time for Palm Sunday to fall because I go back... uh, being in the Episcopal Church for most of my life, I go back to what Palm Sunday was. And it was 
exuberant and life-giving yeah. and, and celebratory. And you would, and the kids, you know, run up and down the aisles with their palms and it's, it's, it's fun songs. And, mm-hmm. and then we have this, there's this box in my garage it's been sitting there for about two weeks and it's the palms hmm. that we were going to have at Bloom. And we've, to be honest, we've never really figured out Palm Sunday at Bloom. We don't really know <laughs> um, what we're supposed to do with them. But this Sunday we were going to start in Platt Park hmm. and we were going to all gather together outside and then process uh, two blocks to the church where we were going to gather around the, the table for communion and then have uh, a big potluck. Mm-hmm. So it was it was going to be this really fun celebratory family time and, and now I'm looking at the three of you in an empty room, mm-hmm. six feet apart. The rest of the church is wherever they are. And so I think for me, it creates this uh, tension between the celebration of the life that we had and what Palm Sunday usually is and where we are as hurting and afraid and in and, and, and very real ways needing that, that gathering yeah. with people. So I've kind of just been like, where do I put this? Mm. What's helped me is to remember the Christ hymn that Paul recites in his letter to the Philippians, where he talks of the divine giving up that Christ had equality with God. He had his rights. He had divine happiness and he gave them up. He gave up everything to become one of us, to become a servant, to serve us and to walk into the hardest places that humanity walks. And the servant, Jesus, that's taking this triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And it's this tension that I feel in me, this dichotomy that I feel in me, is I wonder what was just happening then. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing Palm Sunday in a whole different way. Yeah. Of when the divine meets humanity, what does humanity do? Well, we, they put Jesus on the same road that they put Pilate. Mm-hmm. And they... Hail Jesus just as they did Pilate. And, they, and they, they know that Jesus is the Messiah. Most of them probably, they know that he is a king. They don't really know what that means. Right. But they're hailing him as, as they would hail a king, a political leader, a strong man. And there's, you know, I wonder if their experience of that procession as Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem is a totally different experience than that of Christ because he chooses not a war horse yeah. to, to, to ride on, to process like, like a king would do, like a powerful one would do. But he rides this colt of a donkey, which is sort of like a big dog. Yeah, I can't even it, imagine a grown man know, sitting, sitting on a, a baby donkey. I mean... <laughs> It's, he's, either, he's either mocking the whole thing or it's just who he is. It's this like from the depths of who he is, rejection 
of anything that would, that would look like that which he gave up, of power in this world, of, of might, it's, it's, it could be, and it probably is, just the embracing of who he is as servant, mm-hmm. as one who walks into darkness and hardship and loneliness and tears. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he knows damn well that the same people that are shouting, here comes the king, are the same people that are going to be shouting in a few days, crucify him. Which shows the patience and the grace of, of God. I was thinking if you teleported into the book of Mark, into any of the gospels, and you had like 10 minutes to find Jesus, you would ask where are the poor? Where are the forgotten? Where, in some cases, are the dead? Where are the lame? Where are the blind? I mean, that's who he was with. Right. That's what he did. That he, that's what he came to do, to serve the lost and the forgotten, the sick, which it, which it turns out is all of us, yeah. every single one of us. Though we don't know it. Yeah. And so there's this procession. The Messiah has come. Jesus is king. And people do what people do, which is exalt a powerful man. And hail a powerful man who will lead the systems of the world into something that's more beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. And Christ is the subject of that procession. But he does it so beautifully as he would do something. As a servant, as a constant reiteration to the poor and to the lowly, to the forgotten, to the cast out, I am with you. I, in fact, am one of you. And he takes that road to his death mm-hmm. because it's what he does. It turns out he is the king. I mean, this little procession topples kingdoms. But it's not how anyone thought right. at all. It's not how we thought. So I, as we approach Palm Sunday, and there's this thing in me that, you know, I see the, the box of palms in my garage. I, I remember what it was like, you know, I feel like David, I, I long for the, for the gathering of the people. Um, but maybe in some ways this Palm Sunday is, is more true to who I am in Christ and to who Christ is to the world. Mm-hmm. Because it's to the lonely, the forgotten, the dying, the sick, the isolated, the fearful that he comes. Mm-hmm. And so in some way I can still wave my palm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's not needing it's not needing it to be something that it isn't. So maybe next Palm Sunday I'll miss this one. I may look back on this and go, are we meeting Christ in the same deep manner that we did last year? Or for us next year? Would it be all about the celebration and the things that we're more comfortable with? 
what we want Jesus to be for us. Mm-hmm. But this year, we're meeting him for who he actually is in this place of pain. Two weeks ago, we talked about seeing the healing of the blind man, right? Mm-hmm. The question that keeps coming back to me, Dave, as you as you have created this picture, especially talking about this donkey, right? <laughs> and a grown man on it. <laughs> and we talk about the people, what they were trying to create with the expectations that they had. I mean, the question that you keep coming back to is, did that not stand out to them? I don't know. That he was on a donkey? Like... They had what they were trying, their expectations, right? And they had what they thought he, Jesus should be in mind. And so they were trying to create this event that I think probably flew in the face of the truth of Jesus' intention mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and all. And you literally have this man riding on a donkey. Yeah. And they, they don't see that? Do they not see that? I'm asking. Like, this is the question that keeps I, coming back to me. What are they thinking when Jesus is on a donkey and they're trying to make this triumphant celebratory thing that mimics what they would have done with their political leaders? But there's a big, huge piece there that is not the same. Mm-hmm. And how do they reconcile that? And There's a lot of talk. I mean, there, you know, this... Jesus riding on a donkey is the fulfillment of a prophecy from Zephaniah. So the Messiah will come not on a horse of war, but on a donkey. And it's, and there's, so people will talk, commentators, uh, scholars will talk about the, you know, the beauty of that prophecy being fulfilled. But I, I'm with you. Where was that just ridiculous? Or were people choosing not to acknowledge that piece yet? Were they not mm. seeing it yet and still trying to push through their agenda with who they wanted him to be and how they wanted that to be carried out? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I mean, we do that with our leaders now. Exactly. Well, we do you, it with yeah. our own expectation of Jesus currently, don't we? We for sure This do. is who I need, want you to be in this situation. This is my expectation of you in this situation. And how often do we get surprised? Well, I think that's why we see such a shift in their reaction to it. And I think they do much like we do when we read scripture. We read it in weird ways and we interpret it in weird ways. Yes. And so, like, they could be like, oh, sure, he's not coming to. To like you know topple the kingdom or whatever but he is really he actually is and so that's why so they're like he's coming he's going to get rid of rome he's going to get rid of caesar and this is going to be the new kingdom for israel he's he's just kind of being jesus and they're like okay this is not the, the right guy let's mm. let's kill him i guess you know and so I, I think that's kind of where that shift happens is like they have these expectations of what their messiah was supposed to be even though in scripture it was pretty clear they still have these expectations, and when Jesus doesn't fit them, um, that that's when they turn on him. Right, and where is that mirrored for us? Yeah. Well, power wins in this story, uh, in the in the temporal mm-hmm. right. realm. Power wins. I mean, Pilate 
Herod, they win. And, and Jesus, I mean, the thing, he gets into the city, he heads straight to the temple, and he topples over, you know, the story. Uh, the merchants, the people who are making money from religion. And then, and then he just makes the temple this hospital, pretty much. I mean, these people come that are sick and diseased, and he heals them. I mean, he immediately starts the work of restoration. But yeah, in, in, in the end of his earthly life, power wins. Because that's what we want. And I was saying earlier that that's what we do with our leaders now. We, in order to get what we want, have this incredible ability to overlook the ridiculous in our leaders. Because we can overlook that because if it gives us what we want and people can come and question this action and that action. But, and it may have been what was happening on the donkey. Maybe they overlooked the donkey because of what they wanted Jesus to be. Right. Which he was not. Mm-hmm. But that's what they thought at the time. Well, I think too... I think what's really striking me is that like what Jesus says is to follow him is to take that same road. And so I think that there's something in me that's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm like totally responding to this, but there's something so lonely about being on that donkey and walking through a crowd of people who do not understand mm-hmm. um, the road he's taking. And choosing to take. And he says to the disciples, like, you ha- like that's our path. Like, that's your path is that you pick up the cross and you take that same, like, lonely walk. Yeah. And I, I, I have had a hard week, so um, I deal a lot with probably the most vulnerable in our city. And um, I see the temptation to want to, like, laud some leader that can fix this. Mm. Um, right. And there isn't one. There is Jesus on a, on a lonely path that actually ends in something that should be a huge celebration. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is really just a few people at a tomb. Um, mm. So it's just, it's all flipped upside down. And it's, it's so lonely. And I don't know if that's where you're, <laughs> what you even want to have brought up. But I think... There's something I really identify with, like, that's encouraging, is that um, Jesus walked through a crowd that didn't understand it with brothers, you know, uh, the disciples who didn't understand, and he walked it, and he did it. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, all of that, like, he did that first. So as we walk a lonely path through this kind of just horribleness, I just don't feel as alone. Like, I feel like he's gone there beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does feel very backwards. Like, this is a really lonely walk he's taking and where there's palms. And just, like, the the juxtaposition Mm -hmm. of that is really throwing me right now. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be a spectator and to be on the side of the road. Yeah. And as Christ takes that procession, fully being and exuding everything that he is. And it's a whole other thing to walk it with him. Yeah. Because when you're a spectator, you can change your mind. Mm. You can go home. You can blame something Mm -hmm. else. When you're walking it with him, 
which is the which is the call to the church now. Yes. It's you know, Janie and I've talked about prayer in these last few weeks and it's not so much Jesus go be with the people who are hurting. It's it's Jesus open my eyes to where you've already gone. You're already yeah. walking with them yeah. with the most vulnerable, the poor, yeah. the sick. He's already there. So the prayer for us is open, open us up to see you there, to go with you there. Yes, yes. And we have this tendency. I mean, honestly, as Bloom leadership, there's this weird tendency to kind of build the thing up again, to build the experience up again, to to go for the the celebration, for lack of a better word, like what we need Jesus to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And. At the end of the day, what matters in this time is did we follow him into the hardest places? Did our hearts yeah. break for the poor and the broken and the lonely? Did we walk mm-hmm. that road with him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or were we spectators needing him to be something that he's not going mm-hmm. to be for us? Right. That's right. Dave, you talked about um, the just kind of the expectations that we would normally put on a weekend like this that's coming up, this the triumphal entry where it's this kind of celebratory weekend um, where we it's very family oriented and kids are running around and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in, in light of like where we are right now, how do we engage in the story of Palm Sunday? There's this this acclamation that's that's actually taken into various prayers and and um and elements of the liturgy, it's blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It could be that our journey is the same as theirs. Which is to learn more and more every day what that means. To go deeper into that reality. The king that suffers and dies. Christ who held everything, gave it up to become one of us, to walk that road. Hosanna in the highest. That will hold more meaning and more power for us as we grow older, as we learn more of who Christ is, as we experience his love, as Paul says, as we are drawn into him. I think that was their journey as well. I mean, it's weird. You stand on the road, on the side of the road, hailing a king for what you believe the king to be and everything it's flipped on its head in the cross, which actually the internal is the great making all things right. And as the church grew, Christ was resurrected, spirit was given. I believe that some of those same people on the side of the road that day who perhaps shouted crucify him days later, were perhaps the same ones that were filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Their concept of what that means, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, was most certainly more full in the latter days than it was on Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to say that? What does it mean to believe it? What does it mean to follow him, to walk that road with him? Then and now, So as we go into Holy Week, 
we do what Christians have always done, is we, we open ourselves up to the reality of resurrection, to the beauty of Christ, and we live fully in Him. And so, Bloom, gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And Bloom, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and bring you peace. And may the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus.